Hi everyone. Ah. My name is Lo. I am a relationship and mindset coach. I help individuals heal from narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I am live on Instagram and I'm live on TikTok. I'm going to be looking at some notes when I speak. So if you have any questions or comments, leave them in the chat and I will get to them at the end of the conversation or discussion. Um, today I'm going to be talking about self-love. Today I'm going to be talking about self-love and intuition. Hey everybody. Today I'm going to be talking about self-love, intuition, and how to restore self-trust. So let's get into it. Our first language is energy. So for example, do you remember being a child and you were able to sense your mom's mood or your dad's aggression and that's how you knew whether or not it was safe to move towards them or whether or not it was a good time to bring up something important. For many of us, this begins in our early childhood ages. Now, no one taught you how to intuitively decide what was best for you, yet you knew. No one taught you to trust your intuitive voice, yet you did. No one taught you that what you discerned was wrong and you had complete trust in yourself. I truly believe over time our intuitive muscle becomes more and more strengthened throughout our life as long as we don't reject the information. As an infant, because we're unable to communicate and interact with adults independently, we learn to read energy. We learn to read body language, tones, facial expressions, and this creates our ability to discern intuitively and be guided throughout our life. Like animals, humans are mammals and have the ability to be guided by their instincts. The difference is animals over time do not lose that instinctive ability to act in their best interests, yet humans often do. So did you lose, so did you lose that confidence in yourself? How did you lose connection with yourself? When did you stop trusting in your gut and intuition? What happened? I bet over time you started compromising your values and the more you compromised your values for people and experiences that weren't rewarding or serving to you, the more you began, began to question your ability to make healthy, safe decisions for yourself. That causes us to compromise, excuse me, the more you began to the more you began to question your ability to make healthy safe decisions for yourself which causes us to compromise i mean what caused you to compromise your values well our values make up our personality we are what we value so for some you might value your relationships for others you might value friendships you might value your material possessions love integrity when we compromise our values we are compromising ourselves so that might look like being in a relationship with a narcissist. You know, I talk a lot about narcissists on this page. So perhaps you're in a relationship with a narcissist and the narcissist doesn't value the relationship you have with your friends. Because he's insecure and doesn't want these friends to influence you to leave him. Because deep down inside, he knows that he mistreats you. He desires to isolate you from any healthy relationship. However, he doesn't make it about his insecurities, ego, or his need for power and control. Instead, he continues to pressure and coerce you to do something you don't want to do. You inform your partner that you don't feel comfortable doing X, Y, and Z. And yet he continues to pressure and bully you into doing what he wants you to do. 
which would be to disconnect from your friends so he feels more comfortable. He plants seeds of doubt and lies in your head to make to make you question the authenticity and integrity of these friendships. Because deep down inside you value friendships and feel torn about disconnecting from people you have known for, for years, who have supported and cared for you, you find yourself in a conflict. You value friendships. However, you have a fear of abandonment or a fear of rejection. Because you have not processed and healed from this fear of abandonment or, or rejection, sometimes you sacrifice your values in order to experience what appears to be love, acceptance, and belonging. How many of you, how many know that the more you do something, the more of a habit it becomes? The more you continue to suppress yourself for acceptance, love, and belonging, the more you feel as if the need of others are more valuable than the needs of your own. It's, a, it's becoming more and more of a habit. The more you compromise who you are and your values for someone else, the more you will continue to feel disconnected from yourself. The more you will feel further disconnected from yourself. So when you feel as if you've lost connection with yourself, what you've lost is the ability to hear your intuitive voice because you are used to silencing that voice for the voice of fear. You would rather meet the needs of your insecurities than the needs of your health and well-being. And the more we participate in this behavior, the more and more we suffer from the result of not properly loving and honoring ourselves. Some of us one day wake up and we feel like we don't even know who we are anymore. That's because you've allowed so many other people and other voices on the outside of you to dictate who you are on the inside. That's why you compromise your values. You don't compromise your values because that's your voice telling you what to do. You compromise your values because, because of the influence of others and your desire to want to please others before yourself. To gain approval and acceptance. So you're trying to be something that you're not by people pleasing and appeasing. And every time you neglect yourself for someone else, you suffer extreme. And every time you neglect yourself for someone else and you end up suffering an extreme punishment or an extreme result, a negative result, we then begin to speak to ourselves very critically and judge ourselves harshly. And that can be seen as a form of self-abuse. So the more and more we let ourselves down, the more this creates self-doubt, a lack of self-confidence and a lack of low self-esteem. I mean, and low self-esteem. The only real toxic relationship we'll ever be in as adults is the relationship with ourselves. People are only a mirror to the beliefs you hold about yourself. So for example, you come home, I mean, so for example, you come to my home and when you walk in my home, I take my shoes off and my house is clean. So you're going to take your shoes off and treat my home with respect because you see I care for my home by the way that I treat it. And you know how to behave in my home based on the way I have kept it and the way that I treat my things. People know how to treat you based on the way you treat yourself. For example, people know how to treat you based on what you tolerate and what you accept. So if you don't tolerate disrespect, people won't think it's okay to disrespect you because you have a boundary and you have a standard. People know what you accept in relationships based on your actions and not words alone. So for example, 
Maybe they know you went no contact with an ex that used to disrespect you, or they know you took away access to yourself or access to something that belonged to you when so-and-so was disrespecting you. It's because they have that example of your behavior, which is also in alignment with your words, that people trust in, in what you say and they know how to treat you based on what you do. So your actions have to be in alignment with your words. This is called, this is um, being, this is being, um, this is having integrity with yourself. So you have to show people with words and with actions what you do, what you do when disrespectful things happen. Because if you just say, I don't, I don't take that. And then when someone disrespects you, you stay, you're showing them that you actually do take it. <laughs> okay. So when you do this, this, this becomes a standard, not only for you, but everyone in your life has to adhere to the same standard and boundary because you set the precedence. It's just like when people say they're lactose intolerant, right? They don't eat or drink milk products because they don't want the consequences that are associated with that experience. When you become serious about yourself, other people will become serious about you too because they don't want the consequences that are on the other end because they know she means business. So how do you build a healthy relationship with yourself? Think about what it takes to be a good friend to someone else. You become a better listener, or you become a good listener. You offer logical advice, even when it hurts, because you ultimately want what's best for them. You sit with them and allow them to process their pain with you. You keep your word to build trust and intimacy. You have to treat yourself the same way. You are also an individual, and we take ourselves for granted because we're with ourselves all the time. But that wouldn't be an excuse if you had a partner who took you for granted just because he's with you all the time. So why is that an excuse for you? It shouldn't be. Stop seeing yourself as less than other people. You are equal to those around you. As an adult, other adults are our peers. When you suppress yourself to please others, you are saying your wants and needs are not equal to the wants and needs of others. This puts you below others and subconsciously, then you act on that belief that you're below others. You must keep your word to yourself, allow yourself to process disappointment and pain, sit with yourself, just like you were your best friend. Be that for yourself, be honest with yourself, take yourself out on dates, offer yourself the best. Begin to treat yourself like a best friend. You deserve the best, and that doesn't necessarily mean going and spending tons of money on self-care products. That's not what I'm saying. Offering yourself the best looks like being in alignment with your values. It looks like not compromising yourself because honestly, people who truly love and like you, they don't want you to be anything else. And they give you the space to actually be yourself. They give you the space and freedom to be yourself because they like who you are. They're not trying to change you. It looks like money management. It looks like being disciplined. It looks like um, being intentional so that you can reach your goals. That's what offering yourself the best really looks like. I mean, salt baths and all that stuff is really good. But treat yourself like a best friend. You are a human being. You know, like if we sat here and we, if I told you to think of a word, you could think of a word in your head, right? But who is that person if you're the body? You see what I'm saying? So there's someone who sits in the seat of the mind. 
So that someone who sits in the seat of the mind is internal and that person feels, that person uh, has triggers and you have to sit with that person and you have to process your experiences just like you would someone on the outside of you. Because obviously, again, if you can sit here, close your mouth and think a thought, that means that there's something in there that's processing information because that's separate from you, right? You're not moving your lips, so that's... That's an entity, that's a spiritual being that you need to feed. You need to, um, just like we feed our natural body, you need to feed yourself spiritually and be there for yourself. And that's how you grow your self-confidence. That's how you begin to trust yourself again because you're not compromising yourself for other people. You're showing yourself we are valuable. valuable. We are worth it, you know, like by being there for yourself. So yeah, that's how you, um, that's how you offer yourself the best and the opportunity to experience a better life by being actually true to yourself and not fearing how people are going to relate to you. You know, like I used to have this fear of speaking. So I just want to share this story. And fear is the acronym for false evidence appearing real. And so one day when I was like having a conversation, like trying to prepare to like say something on this stage, I was thinking to myself, what is it that you're actually afraid of? Because there's actually, you're not even on stage yet and you're like hyping yourself up so much. Like, what is it that you're actually afraid of? So I like, you know, I have this method that I learned in therapy and it's called the JOT method, journal organizes thoughts. So on one side, I write down all my fears and on the other side, I show up as like my higher self, like the adult, like parent, reparenting, reframing my thoughts. So I wrote down all these things and some of the things were like, you know, fear of rejection. What if I don't say it right? And and basically everything I wrote was like critical and judgmental. So basically I had to like show myself on paper. The only person who's judging you right now is you. You haven't got on stage. You haven't, you know, spoken these words to anybody. So who's actually judging you? You are. You're judging yourself. And the more you judge yourself, the more you continue on this like word uh, rampage. Like it's one thing after another. What if they don't? What if they don't? What if they don't? What if they don't? Well, what if they do? And that's why fear is false evidence appearing real because it didn't even happen. It's false. And I just gassed myself up based on some BS. You see what I'm saying? Like I talk, I would have talked. It's like your thoughts can paralyze you from acting on your best interest. Your thoughts can paralyze you from acting on what is best for you because you're in fear of the unknown. Well, what if? But what if it goes right? What if you just go on the stage and you actually get the speech right and you actually, you know, influence and help people cultivate a new mindset, heal their wounds? Like, what if it actually goes right? But because you're in so much fear, you don't you don't act. And so that's how people like waste years of their lives hoping should have, would have, could have, you know, and what do people always say on their deathbed? I wish, I wish, I wish, because it's better to take the chance at loving yourself than just pleasing other people and feeling like you don't even know who you are. And basically you're letting other people make decisions for you. And it's really kind of scary because that's why things, when things don't go wrong, you beat yourself up so much because an aspect of you felt like, gosh, I knew it. And it's because that still voice probably told you something that you ignored and suppressed because you're so used to listening to the voice of fear that when you do hear your intuitive voice, you just suppress it and ignore it. And you know what? Uh, um, uh, 
An example of what intelligence looks like, intelligence looks like acting on information. So if your intuitive mind told you to do something, you didn't do it, that's actually foolish. Yeah. Does anyone have any questions? I know I said, I think I said I was only going to be here for 20 minutes. Um, I don't see any questions. Let me go through. Did anyone have any questions about today's conversation or topic? Thank you. Um, if anybody wants to connect, my information is in my profile. You can schedule a complimentary call. I would love to support you on your healing journey. I hope that today's conversation really helps you, you know, build the courage to do what is best for you um, and speak your truth, you know? You all have a nice day. <laughs> Bye.